Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. And we're into hour number three. 10 o'clock hour, our open home hour. Open to you, the Arizona homeowner, whatever you want to talk about your home, castle, or cabin. You can join the conversation at one 767 4348 That's one rosie for you. Or text questions to 411-923. You can also email us at info at rosieonthehouse.com if you'd like to send a picture or a short video to help describe the project that you're working on. And we've had a great program so far today. If you're just joining us, 8 o'clock hour, we had the Farm Bureau in with the small houses, uh, ranching family out of the east of Tucson, over the mountains. Uh, We just had Canyon State roofing in last hour, talking about metal roofing, a topic that we don't cover very much here at Arizona on the the roof, the metal specifically side of things, but that is uh, on my dream home, a red metal roof has, has always been there. And I've always been curious about the myth about metal roofs. You know, why would you put a metal roof when it's 110 outside? But that's just the opposite. It yep. is. It is. Does not add uh, heat transfer to your home like other roofing materials do. And then this hour is up to you, the Arizona homeowner, your home castle or cabin projects you're working on. And we've got uh, a lot new, more homeowners than we've had uh, when we start when Rosie started this broadcast in '88. And we're about to get more. Castle Hill Partners from Austin, Texas, just purchased 5,200 acres for 106 million. To develop Saddleback Heights that was initially planned in the 1990s. Wow. And this takes Vistancia, um, housing developments from Vistancia all the way to Carefree Highway, just west of Lake Pleasant. Wow. So if you've ever been across yeah. that Carefree Highway, uh, in the next couple of years, you'll actually be seeing houses right up to uh, the road. So there's no end in sight. And unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, I guess, w- whichever way you want to look at it, you know, the, there are developments like this plan all over the entire state. And if you and go further for decades, yeah, and further west, there's going to be even more around Buckeye and, and places beyond. Oh, west of Buckeye? Yeah. Uh, the Douglas Ranch? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a lot of land. There's going to be a lot four, of houses out there. 400,000. Uh, master plan community. Good night. They plan on putting out there. It'll have, you know, it'll it'll, it'll be designed to be its own uh, live, work, and recreation area. It'll, it'll be its own standalone city. But yeah, four hundred thousand people they plan to put out west of the white tanks. So when when do you think Tonopah is going to be incorporated into Phoenix? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a there's a lot of great little uh, county islands all over the state mm-hmm. uh, and all over the metro area as well that uh, that you see, you know, like the Rovi Dairy right in the middle of Glendale, still on a county island. You can get out in areas of Chandler Gilbert where you're on county islands inside of Chandler or Mesa that are, are great properties that are a lot of times flood irrigated and uh, very, very developed. They've got you know, huge mature trees, uh, some of them even pecan tree groves that are still remaining. So there's, you know, they, they could hold out. There, there's a, a very great charm and a, and a great, um, you know, value to staying uh, a county island in those areas. They're very, uh, very premier properties. Yes, sir. 
So, and then we did get uh, some convicts locked up recently. Three men stole more than 70 ceiling fans valued at over $28,000 by swapping UPC labels out of uh, home improvement stores. I'm surprised through this last two years how crazy construction is. You don't hear more stories like that of people trying to uh, find ways to, to scam the limited and, and escalating price of materials, but... Uh, so I, I, that's a good thing. Yeah, in this case, yeah. To not have that. Now, are they the basic ceiling fans, three blades, four blades, five blades, did they say? I didn't go into that uh. detail. <laughs> but, I mean, if you divide, <laughs> you know, if 70 ceiling fans at about almost $30,000, it's kind of a higher-end fan there. Wow. They are. And then we had uh, a couple things come out as the summer months approach. We get more things out. Uh, we were just talking to a friend who got attacked by a swarm of bees last weekend, moving some some material on his property. Um, so the, the bees are out. Most of the bees in Arizona have some, you know, like over 90%, I think they say, are now Africanized. Uh, what that means is you just have to be able to run faster and farther uh, <laughs> to get away from them. Where a hundred yards might work, it's it's you know you, you quadruple that. You got to be able to sprint four hundred yards before you outpace them. <laughs> They're after your breath. That's the first thing that they attack. And then once the stinger hits, it releases a pheromone to attack that location. So they're now over after uh, where you were previously stung and your breath. So jumping into water doesn't help because the first thing you do when you come up, you need a big breath, and they're just going to be sitting there waiting. So get indoors, or uh, you got to be able to, to, to stay at a good constant pace at over 400 yards. There's also a interesting story. We've got a great uh, radio affiliate in southern Arizona called KGVY out of Green Valley, mm-hmm. Sorita, and they had – uh, Sarita police responded to a call to 911 from a security guard who saw uh, kids teasing and throwing rocks at a random bull that had no uh, branding or markings on it, and they had to actually put it down after it started uh, being aggressive. So we do have wildlife in Arizona. We've got a great department at the Arizona Fish and Wildlife that has great resources on living with uh, and wildlife and animals as we continue to expand where our cities are and move into territory that uh, has otherwise been uh, farmland or raw desert where wildlife are, you know, that's still going to be there, you know, even inside our cities. We still have a lot of coyotes, uh, javelina. Uh, bobcats. Uh, my uncle's even seen uh, had a raccoon on his back porch before by the mountain area. So there are things to be aware of in Arizona. It doesn't seem like the wildlife's there, but and, and especially in the city. But we actually accommodate the wildlife quite nicely with irrigation systems and growing vegetation that they now rely on for food, or small pets and animals that are their midnight snacks. So. Uh, that that resource is available for you, the Arizona homeowner, if you're new to the area. As they say, uh, hundreds of thousands are. Phoenix was the highest growing, uh, and and Phoenix is located in Maricopa County. Maricopa County was the highest uh, population growth in all of America last year, and this is a really scary statistic to think about it. If you've, uh, but. The Frank Lloyd Wright Foundation out at Taliesin West predicts 
what they call the Sun Valley Corridor is going to go from Cordes Junction, that's I-17, uh, that's your turnoff if you're going to go to Prescott or stay on 17 to Flagstaff or Camp Verde. From there to Nogales is going to be solid metropolitan area of I, I 30 million people. I can't even imagine that in my head, seeing that row of houses. Because that's a, what, what are we talking about distance-wise? 200? Yeah, probably probably close to 200. Might be a little bit of a stretch more than that, but it's, most of it's flat, and it's really easy to build on flat ground, and as we've seen, (laughs) there's a lot of reasons to move to Arizona. If you're in Arizona, you can't, you had your reasons here, and a lot of them aren't work-related. A lot of it's weather-related, family-related, so Welcome. Enjoy it. <laughs> Enjoy it while you can. And remember, you know, if you, even if you're building on flat land or whatever land around here, make sure okay. you understand how the water moves <laughs> so you don't, you know, you don't want to build anything over a wash. Right. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and we talked about storm damage last week with uh, Kowalski Construction exactly. in our weekly to-do. And uh, that is a, a good news. One of the, a lot of things people always ask about, what about the water? What about the water? Well... You know, we are in a drought season, but we are expected to have a higher monsoon season, a wetter monsoon season. After a record dry in 2020, we had uh, one of our top 20 wettest winters, 2021, and they expect 22 to be about the same. It does a lot of great things for the state now. It also promotes a lot of growth. It promotes the fire hazards as well. So there's, you know things to be aware of with that and the arizona forestry department actually i have i ran into him after the broadcast two weeks ago one of their guys john there and he was saying they've hired a hundred additional people and they're working on creating forest uh forest fire breaks around communities that back up to the national forest service area just for that preventative if a fire should break out they'll at least have that a buffer between the forest edge and the homes to avoid you know, something like we saw at Colorado. Was that last year? Well, that, I think it was. Was that yeah. just last mm-hmm. year? Yeah. It all kind of blurs together. So. You know, it, speaking of fires, it, we talked about Rodeo Cheddar Sky. It's 20th anniversary this year. Wow. It's coming up in June. That's always oh. what they, when it seems like we've had so many fires lately when they talk about it, I'm like, what is there left to burn? It seems like we've burned yeah. up the whole state already. <laughs> yeah. You would think. Yeah. But um, I, I still can't believe it's been 20 years. Uh, that fire was so intense. I was on top of Camelback Mountain, and way off in the distance, you could see an, a little small piece of patch of gray. And I was told, oh, that's Rodeo Chattis. That's the smoke? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Amazing. Big, big. Uh, it, at the time, Arizona's largest fire. Unfortunately, we've surpassed the acreage burn and other fires since then. But that was... That was a big one. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, calls lined up that will start after this, and then we also have our weekly to-do at 1030, talking about getting your air conditioning system checked before the summer kicks in. You get, uh, you know, no, no one thinks about it, and then when that 100 triple degree hits and there's a problem, well, you're not the only one that ends up with a problem, and you may end up waiting a little while to get a technician scheduled out to your home. Uh, so... Our goal is to prevent that from happening with a pre-season maintenance check, and we'll talk about what all that entails here at Rosie on the House. You're my blue sky, you're my sunny day.
a beautiful blue sky day here in Arizona. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight is the way you join the conversation. We start with Steffa in Tucson. Welcome to the program. How may we help you? Hello. Yes, sir. My Go name ahead. is Steve. Steve. And yeah, 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 communications are a problem nowadays because the crisis, this current crisis. But I'm 67 years old. I remember running underneath desks because of nuclear drills, and now they're doing it again. <laughs> uh, anyhow, yeah, I'm a funny guy. That's why Rosie and Jennifer like me. So you were talking about critters. Well, I live in southeast Tucson, across the street from a beautiful park with a lake, and every year they keep cutting down the trees. And I've had just about every critter on my property. I've got at least 40 species of birds I've photographed. And if you hear your tweet, you hear a tweet, tweet next door, I spend money feeding these birds. I even caught a possum once. Oh, wow. He was bugging my cats. <laughs> and then I, when I called the city, they said, well, that's your problem. So I hired a trapper. He says, well, you know, that's a $5,000 fine to kill a possum because mm-hmm. it came from Mexico. There's different ways to deal with different critters. I got a javelina that keeps digging a pit in my front yard. I fill it in and he cleans it out or she and I've had over a half a dozen javelinas in my front yard. And I don't have a big front yard, you know. I just don't want them messing up my truck. There's a lot of ways to mitigate and deal with things, you know, like water. I'm talking to a guy this morning in Colorado, and they got to move. For... So, yes, wildlife, if you go to azfg.com, that's Arizona Game and Fish, they regulate the wildlife, and they actually have a tab there called Wildlife right on the homepage, and you click on that, and it will take you to, um, it'll give you multiple options, but the next one you want is Living with Wildlife, and from there, you can print off their different brochures based on what kind of animal or wildlife you're dealing with, and then things you can do to deter those animals from your home. Javelina, they're pack animals and they're creatures of habit and they have relatively low, uh, you know, they, they've, I say low, they, they've virtually every aspect of Arizona now has Javelina. They've migrated up from South America, but they've been seen as high as Flagstaff. There's not a lot of animals that we have up at 7,000 feet that also live down at, you know, the, the desert floor. But Javelinas have very resilient and have adapted to all those elevations. Uh, whether you've got coyotes, bobcats, bears, they've got bats, woodpeckers, raptors, rattlesnakes, and each one of their brochures will tell you how to encourage them to go live elsewhere unless they're causing um, a threat to human life or have been, you can document this animal has attacked people. The game and fish won't eradicate them um, or, or come and move them. They have to pose some kind of threat. And of course, rabbits, rabbits everywhere. <laughs> I can, you, you can throw a, a rock and hit a rabbit. That's a, They are just everywhere. And they don't have anything on this page for rabbits, but I do know um, in our gardening section, it, we've got a section on plants you can put in your garden 
as a barrier around it to keep rabbits uh, out and uh, the, the avoid. But yes, they we don't have any shortages of those as well. They're cute, <laughs> but they can mess up a garden pretty quickly. And didn't we mention hardware cloth as a possibility of uh, a deter or a barrier around a garden? In the way we use hardware costs that I've done is actually you do that first to keep gophers from coming up. So, yes, you could use it as a vertical parameter as well. You need a plant prison because uh, <laughs> if, you, if you grow it, they will come. Birds, plants, animals, everything. Uh, so we start from the very bottom mm-hmm. by putting hardware cloth. that's basically a metal screen down. That way the gophers can't dig up. And then, obviously, you've got to have your sides and, and top fence, whether it's chicken wire or uh, more hardware cloth, whatever the case may be. It's <clears throat> the introduction of water and plants will bring wildlife, absolutely. So, you ever done anything with Bitcoin? No, I, I've tried to understand it. My friend Chris was trying to explain it to me, and I just went, okay, fine. <laughs> well, City of Chandler residents can now pay their utility bills with cryptocurrency. PayPal, um, through PayPal. And I don't understand exactly what it is, but the reason Chandler was going to this is they're, kind of, they're trying to like brand themselves as the silicon of the desert, the, the, the big tech hub. Trying to be so, cool. Yeah. Being able to pay your utility bills with crypto is key. But, you know, I read that, but then there's also the same week, uh, crypto exchanges told to treat customers' assets as liabilities. That completely throws me off. Yeah, that throws me off too. If it's an asset, why is it a liability? If that's what you have to do because you have crypto, I don't think I want a liability. And then crypto, largest theft. Second largest one, excuse me. More than 50 million was hacked this week through uh, an online gaming platform. And on top of that, it's also hugely criticized the amount of energy it uses to, it requires to have cryptocurrency. I, I don't get it at all. But if you get it and you're a Chandler resident, well, you can now pay your utility bills with crypto. And up next, NFTs. And don't get me started on those either. <laughs> now, my philosophy in vehicles is pretty simple. Hmm. You drive what the local boys drive. Because they're going to know how to fix it. They're going to know how to work on it. And because it's uh, the vehicle of choice and favor, the parts are going to be more readily available. And if you've got the same make and model, if something happens, there's a good chance that that happens to your buddies. You already know, hey, that's exactly what happened to mine. Here's what you got to do to fix it. And you go to any job site, you go to any rodeo, you go anywhere on the road, and Arizona is Ford country. And if you look close at those license plates, most of those vehicles are going to say Sanderson Ford. And get this, they're closed almost two months a year. They're always closed on Sunday. They're closed for uh, Christmas. They're closed on Easter. They allow time for their family. And they're still 
Arizona's number one Ford dealership. It's because of the quality of people that they have there. You're not dealing with uh, used car salesmen. There's no scams. No, you know, their business philosophies, people just deserve to be treated right. So if car buying is on your to-do this weekend, it's got to be today because, again, Sanderson Ford not open on Sunday. 51st Avenue in Glendale. And I happen to notice, Todd, I passed a, a house yesterday with a, a crew replacing the air conditioning system. And there was two Ford trucks with Rias logos on it out in front. I noticed you've got a couple Fords in your fleet. Yeah, yeah, we do. We uh, we are strictly Ford. So. Strictly yeah. Ford. All right. Well, nowadays it's tough to just buy trucks. So when we can get our hands on them, we buy the Fords. Yeah. And we've got Todd Russo and from Rias Air Conditioning and Heating. And we were talking about it earlier that it's the time of year to do a preseason maintenance checkup on your air conditioning. Why? Uh, why is that so important? Well, it was working fine when I left the house. Why, yeah, why do I need to worry right. about it? <laughs> well, obviously, our air conditioning systems. I mean, we, we you were kind of making the analogy, or you were you were discussing Sanderson Ford, and kind of made me think of an analogy. You, you know, you drive a car, you maintain it, right? You understand, and it's pretty readily known that you're going to have to change your oil, you're going to have to change your brakes, you're going to have to change your tires, you're going to have to do these things to keep the, the vehicle on the road. Well, your air conditioning is the same way. Um, there's a lot of things that can go wrong with it. It's always important before you send it into that really tough season of summer in Arizona that, that we get it ready. We make sure there aren't any problems, but we also do some cleaning. We do some adjusting. We do some uh, tightening and make sure the system is operating correctly. So it's, it's the, the money you spend on maintenance for an air conditioning, use, air conditioning system is probably the best money you could spend on your home. And I'm not, I don't want to spend too much time sidebarred on this, but I got to ask now, um, can you get air conditioning units? Yes, yes, you can. <laughs> You're I, talking about how hard it is to get vehicles and how hard it, we were talking about uh, roofing uh, supply chain. I mean, what's the air conditioning? And I know that not even just COVID, but there was a big uh, tornado to, in Texas that took out a train manufacturing yes. facility that really offset production. Uh, it definitely did. I, I will say this. If, you're, if your unit is 10 years or older and you're considering – uh, getting a new air conditioning unit. Obviously, there's a lot of benefits to doing that. It's something you probably want to plan before you just, in the old days, you can make a call and we could have it out there and installed on your house the next day. We've taken on, we used to be primarily a train dealer. We still are the large, one of the largest train dealers. Uh, but we also picked up two new lines with Lennox and Daikin just so that we have the, the capacity uh, to go across lines and get additional equipment if, if there is a shortage on a specific train piece of equipment or something of that nature. So uh, that's one of the things we've done to make sure we have the equipment available when it's time to replace the unit. But I would tell listeners that nowadays planning is important. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and, you know, and if you get a maintenance, if you, you know, hire us or another contractor to do a maintenance, they're going to take a look at all the components of the system and give you a true analysis of where you currently are. And then you can start making decisions and making planning, uh, start planning towards that direction. So, And as the summer months come, you're going to hear a lot of different radio ads and a lot of different American contractors. They all have their own um, schedule Service our 17 yeah. point checkups, schedule yeah. our patented 32 point system. You know, they, they've all got some kind of little catchphrase. But I mean, what 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 are you looking at He's, when when they come out? So I've I've seen these maintenance is, is I've recently I saw an advertisement for a competitor that was seventeen dollars and seventy five cents. You, 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 you can't <laughs> even turn the ignition on your truck yeah. for that. <laughs> so here's what I would tell. Here's my opinion on maintenance. Uh, you know we're a family owned business. 
nowadays, air conditioning, you know, most air conditioning companies in Phoenix, Arizona, they're now owned by private equity companies and conglomerates. And everybody, every one of my competitors seem to have sold over the last two years. And, you know, it, it's changed how they do business. They used to provide really good services and, and good customer service to the client. Now it's all about how much money they make for their uh, equity investors. So, you know, you, you spoke about inexpensive services. You, you want to pay for your maintenance. And I'll tell you why. Most air conditioning companies, not ours, not Rius, we, we pay our guys hourly to do work. But most air conditioning companies, what they do is they pay, they offer these loss leader services anywhere from 17 to $75, and they don't provide any maintenance for you. What they do is they send, you spoke about how Sanderson Ford doesn't have the used car salesman. They send an HVAC salesman to your home. He's a technician, but he comes and evaluates your system with the intent of selling you services. And candidly, they, go ahead. They've spent more time training him how to sell something than fix something. <laughs> well, it's, it's not, it's, it's more than that. And this is kind of the dirty little secret of the air conditioning industry. They send a technician to your home. They don't pay that technician to perform the service. They literally either give them, you know, some nominal fee like $10 or they pay them zero. And they say, you get nothing for performing the service, but whatever you sell will give you a really hefty commission. So what do you think they do when they show up to your house, right? Their intent is to sell you things because that's the only way the technician makes money. Uh, and I, I just don't believe in that philosophy. You know, we're, we're here to provide service that's valuable to the customer. Uh, and so we don't, we don't operate like that. Our, our guys get paid hourly rates to go actually perform service. Now, we do have a less expensive service that's uh, an $89 maintenance. Uh, but I, I recommend to my friends and my family, to myself, we offer a $159 what we call comfort club. Uh, membership. And that provides anywhere from five to $700 worth of actual maintenance. And the reason why we offer that service is we don't want to be this kind of bait and switch company. We want to say, hey, here's what we recommend you do to your air conditioning unit. We want to clean that outdoor condensing. We want to do a condenser clean on that outdoor condenser. We want to adjust refrigerant if necessary. We want to do a proper con condensate clean. We want to get your system running at peak condition. And I don't want to do it in a method where we come out and start offering all of these services all a cart in an effort to make more money. We want to say, hey, this is what we recommend. This is what it costs. If you want to hire us to do it, great. We're going to perform those services. And an air conditioning system, it looks very complicated. And there's a ton of technology in the, in the units today. I mean, the amount of uh, – I mean – electronic equipment and components is, you know, you're back to the car analogy. You, you could lift the hood of a yeah. 1960s truck and name what every part was. Well, right. that's the, uh, the steering pump fluid. That's the radiator. That's the uh, carburetor. Yeah. You, now air, there's 17 you, uh, <laughs> computers I open it in and it. I'm like, what? What? Right. I, and there's not even room to move around in there. You know, you used to be able to sit inside your, the hood of your truck working on it. And you, there's no room to do anything. It's air conditioning. They that kind of technology has been incorporated. We didn't get from a two sear unit to a twenty sear unit by not having a huge uh, technology and in, in, in development and in engineering increase. So absolutely, it's, it seems like a complicated issue, but. Air conditioning and its source, you're, it's just an exchange of energy. Yeah, all you're doing is moving heat, and heat is energy. So what we're doing with an air conditioning system is we have effectively two coils and two fans, right? So we're taking the heat out of the air, moving it to the refrigerant, then bringing that refrigerant outside, and then removing that heat from the refrigerant through coils and fans. So it's imperative that 
the fans are not over, you know, that the, the motors on the fans are running properly. It's imperative that the electrical components that drive those fans are, are, are performing correctly and tight. It's imperative that those coils are clean because if they're dirty, you're not getting that heat exchange you need to make the system operate correctly. So ironically, I just had the service performed at my house. Uh, so the guys came out, so I met them out there. And I have brand new air conditioning systems because I have a brand new house. And I was shocked. And again, I own an air conditioning company. I'm, I'm looking at air conditioning units all day. I'm out on them all day. I was shocked at how dirty my outdoor equipment was in brand new equipment, brand new house. But, you know, you think about it, it's a dusty climate, right? We don't. So, uh, you know, even on a brand new system, there's a lot of value in the maintenance. So, Yeah. And, you know, the, the storms and that static electricity out there, I mean, it, the dust sticks to everything. And what is the benefit of cleaning that off? It makes the unit more efficient. Right. So uh, let's talk about a couple different things. So the outdoor condensing unit, um, if it's clean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to allow that refrigerant to do its job better. It's going to take the heat from the refrigerant and bring it to the outside air a lot easier. So efficiency there. The indoor systems, it's the same. You know, you're, you're taking the heat out of the air on the indoor coil. So cleanliness is critical there because we get that proper heat exchange. One of the things don't, people don't take into consideration is your air conditioning system delivers its cooling capacity through airflow, right? So people are like, well, does it really make a difference? Yes. If you have poor airflow, you're going to re you're going to reduce the cooling capacity of that air conditioning system dramatically. In fact, studies by NCI say that the average air conditioning system only delivers like 68% of its cooling capacity because of situations related to airflow. So you take that blower wheel and you just have a slight dusting on it. What ends up happening, it's got a con concurved blade and you reduce the amount of air it can move. So guess what happens? You reduce the performance of the equipment exponentially just by having a dirty blower wheel. So simple things like cleaning those puts a lot less pressure and wear and tear on the system, but it also performs a lot better. And when we're looking at cleaning an air conditioning unit in the state of Arizona, you have to be licensed to open up the equipment. You know, it, you, well, there's two licenses. Number one, you have to, I mean, I, I guess a homeowner in theory could take his air conditioning unit apart. I don't think the state's going to come down <laughs> on there. I, they're not allowed to touch the refrigeration system because you need to be EPA certified there. Uh, you don't want your handyman doing it. That would be against the Register of Contractors standards. But more importantly, uh, you want somebody who's there to check, you know, go through a, a, a specific process to make sure it's performing correctly. Uh, if you do it yourself, you got to be really careful. Well, and there's elements that you can't even do yourself. Like if you need to adjust the Freon, it's yeah, not like can. I can go buy Freon. I mean, and much, and much you wouldn't less have offer the, the, the equipment to, you know, make sure the right amount's in there because you can have too much Freon or you could have not enough. <laughs> right. So that's kind of the, the point we talked about, the loss leader where other companies just try to get in the door. They could come out and identify that you need some adjustment to your to your refrigerant, which is fairly common. I mean, the three things we added to our upgraded service, which is our Comfort Club for 159, is we added refrigerant adjustments up to one pound. We added uh, the, the outdoor chemical condenser clean, and we added uh, a true condensate flush with either uh, compressed air or nitrogen, or we have a vacuum adapter system that we can use, all three of which you would need to be a professional to do those things. The reason why we added those three services is because those are the most common things that the homeowner is going to need when we come out and inspect your unit, right? I, like I said to myself, 
they came out to my house. I didn't think I was going to need a condenser coil chemical clean. I was shocked at the, the before and after pictures of what it looked like, right? So the reason why we package those services for 159 is because those are the most common things that we identify that need to be performed. So I would rather say up front, hey, we know we're going to need at least one or two of these uh, items in your house rather than charge you 500 bucks when I get there. It's 159 for us to come out, and we'll do all three, three of these. Clearly, sometimes we come to houses and they don't need refrigerant adjustments, so we're not going to add refrigerant if you don't need it. Uh, but the service is intended to be a true maintenance rather than just a loss leader to get a commission-based salesperson in your home. Now, we can do a lot here at Rosie on the House, but we can't stop the clock. So when we get back, um, and this will give you a minute, and it'll let me get a drink of water. Um, but the, the story on refrigerant, is R22 out, is – what what's the deal with Freon and you know it, it, can you get it? Did they stop making it? What what do we need to know? And uh, that there's very tricky wording I've heard around that. Back to your bait and switch that uh, pe- people can use that I think Arizona homeowners need to be aware of. So we'll cover that right after this. All right, winding down the final segment of our broadcast, we're joined in studio with our weekly to do. It's uh, a lot of information to cover, so I've asked Todd to uh, elaborate a little bit on the refrigerant coolant because there's a lot of uh, a lot of talk around it, and it hasn't been hot in mm-hmm. Phoenix, so the advertisement for it has kind of disappeared. But I would imagine as the summer comes back and the triple digit hits, you're going to hear a lot of uh, a lot of air conditioning commercials <laughs> ramping yeah. up. Yeah, uh, you're going to hear a lot of pool commercials. Yeah. You're going to hear a lot of insulation and energy efficient. But what uh, what do homeowners need to know about R22 refrigerant? So R22 was phased out a few years ago. Uh, the inventory of it is, is, for all intents and purposes, no longer available. They do have some alternate versions of it. Uh, but generally what we tell homeowners, if you have an R22 system, uh, you should be considering replacing it soon because it's going to be more and more challenging to repair it. In fact, we have a general rule of thumb in our office that if someone wants to repair a refrigerant-related issue with an R22 system, they have to actually speak to uh, our, the head of our, our customer service department and make sure that that's something they want to do. We always tell customers it is dead money investing in an R22 system, and so you really should be considering replacing your system. If you, you can continue to operate the R22 system, but if you run into challenges with it, it's not where you want to invest your money. And what refrigerant product is being used commonly today? Right now, everybody on conventional air conditioning systems, it's 410A. And there is talk that that's going to be phased out in a few years coming. Um, you know, still to be determined, every manufacturer is testing their own refrigerant right now. So we'll see here in the next probably 24 months what the new refrigerants are. But right now, everything's for all intents and purposes, is 410A. And can that be recycled once it's um, used? Or, I mean, once it... it, it there was something about a, a, a big stockpile of recycled refrigerant that was going to be available. Well, it, so everything is being recycled now because primarily a lot, for a lot of reasons, but cost is becoming a major issue. A jug of refrigerant is up 350, 400% from 12 months ago. Uh, so it's quite a bit more expensive to, to put refrigerant. One of the reasons why I think the one fifty nine ninety nine is such a great value because the cost of refrigerant is so expensive and we add a, we, we offer uh, one pound of refrigerant adjustments at no additional cost with that service. Uh, but yeah, refrigerant's up 325, 335% from a year ago. So you can recycle refrigerant. You've got to clean it. There's dryers and there's ways to clean it. There's companies that come out and take refrigerant away. But you cannot put refrigerant into the air. Um, it's a... Uh, 
it's against the law. Uh, that's one of the reasons why you need EPA certified. So we do have to capture all that refrigerant when we do any sort of refrigerant repair through a recovery process. Uh, and there are firms that, that do recycle that when we recover it into a recovery tank. So, and, But then you got to have the demand and the recycled process is expensive, which is, you know, adds... adds... I, I would compare it to everybody says they want leases that aren't being utilized uh, turned on for oil and gas, right? Because the cost of oil and gas is so, because the cost of gasoline is so expensive. You know, when the cost of refrigerant goes up 350%, it becomes convenient to recycle it, right? So it's more valuable. So it's the same thing. The reason why we want to see more oil and gas production is because we want to see gasoline prices go down. Go down, yeah. yeah. Well, it's definitely been interesting. I mean, I, every industry in the home improvement, well, I mean, every industry globally, but, yeah. uh, you know, as it relates to houses, like you said, there's times where an air conditioning go out, you call, you could get somebody out there, you know, pretty quick to replace that. But you might be waiting uh, for equipment or machinery to come. It, it, something about that triple digit yeah. magic that stuff just starts breaking. And like you it's said, a lot of pressure on the equipment, a lot of pressure. And it runs all day and yeah. a lot through the night, too. <laughs> so air conditioning systems, that's what's called. It's extended ratings, right? So they design these systems and they test them at 95 degrees. Well, obviously, we know it gets 115 out here. So we go into what's called extended ratings, it means the, the equipment actually degrades its performance because it's so hot outside. So, um, you know, 115 is like taking your F-150 and pulling a very, very large trailer, right? You really need a 350 to pull it. But it is what it is. We live in 115-degree weather. So the, the system's going to operate like that. Uh, so you're more likely to have those failures. The other challenge that is out there right now is that so many people have had a difficult time being able to replace their equipment because of lack of inventory, uh, because of supply chain issues. So a lot of these systems that might have been replaced last year or even the year before have not been replaced. Um and so we're seeing a lot more systems that need to be replaced with a lot less available inventory of equipment. If you call today, somebody will be out. You know, if you call our office today, somebody could be at your house today, tomorrow at the latest, right? Uh, the challenge becomes you want to replace it. We provide you some, a, a variety of options. And you say, I want the variable speed option. That piece of equipment, we might have to say, I can't get you the train model. I can get you a Lennox or a Daikin product. Uh, because the train product isn't available for another three weeks or four weeks. And so going back to your conversation, our conversation about planning, I think this is the summer you would need to plan if you're considering replacement. And at what age of equipment do I, I need to really escalate the sense of urgency to... And I, that's the exit music. Yeah, that's the exit. <laughs> that says we got they say 10 years. 10 years. Uh, you know, it depends on how well you maintain it. We see air conditioning systems run 20 years, but they're well maintained. If you don't maintain it, it could be less than 10 years. Yeah. So, All right. Well, Todd, uh, I was just looking at the partner page. Y'all have been with Rosie on the House 12 years. Thanks for the yep. service you've done for all of our Arizona homeowners.